welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only. Oh. 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 <laughs> I am so out of practice on this. Uh, it's been like six weeks. It's been like 18,000 days since our last recorded episode. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is the Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. And uh, we finally have a show f- for for our listeners today. It's the first time in 8,000 years. So uh, This is true. We're back. Um, it's all Dylan's fault. Uh, well, I expected him to defend himself, but... Uh, he did not. He did not. <laughs> I expected him to protest, and he was like, no, I'm just going to let it roll. I think it was my fault. It wasn't. <laughs> it was Austin. Oh. <laughs> well, it's, no. It's been Austin for 8,000 years because Austin has... I don't know. You know, that's uh... A- he has duties that he has to take care of, you know, Sometimes. like uh, being a being a, a good father and a good husband. Um, Austin, is it too late to, to abort? Um, Casey Anthony would probably say no, but I'm going <laughs> to say yeah. A little bit. A little bit. You guys know she had more kids? Yeah. it's Crazy. Isn't that fucking strange? She wrote a book. That definitely made her seem more guilty. Oh yeah, it was basically the the OJ defense, right? It was like the yeah. if <laughs> like, if I did it, this is how I would do it. Book, <laughs> fucking idiots. Like, okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, we're well, yeah, we're back and, and and we have a uh, yeah. I, that was a joke. <laughs> I hope. I mean, I hope it was a joke. Maybe it's well, maybe some it wasn't. people it might not be. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, uh, we're back, and uh, and we we've got a show for you today. This is our Patreon decided topic of the show, so we're going to be going over what our patrons decided that we should go over for the month of March. Uh, on top of that, you know, uh, I have some horror movies to talk about because you know that's that's what I do with my life is, is watch horror movies. Uh, and then we've got some video games to talk about, of course. So, uh, yeah, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, <sighs> Dylan Medicated Martin and Austin Fumigated Stevens. I don't know what this means. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. He kills all pests that enters his body with smoke. Oh, okay. I do do that. All right. That's a... Uh, that's fair. Yeah. That's not something that I was expecting from, from that, but, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be surprised. I like that from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, how you, how you fellas doing? It's been eight, eight years. It's true. It's been a while. I'm doing all right. Oh, yeah? Doing just You're... fine. Has, just uh, fine has, has the has the pollen and stuff been a, been affecting you guys? Yeah, very much so, to an mm. unfortunate degree. <clears throat> yeah, that shit gets me every time. 
Yeah, it's not fun, man. Not fun at all. Nope. Very much so sucks. Like, it's just, it's fucking everywhere. Yep. No matter where you go, it's fucking there. It's, that's very true. Just literally can't walk out without, you know, having that stuff in your face. Just fucking dying for 30 minutes coughing on the way home every day. Yeah. It's definitely the smoke. Is it? Probably. I don't know. Pollen doesn't really bother me. I don't know. I see it, but it doesn't bother me. Well, lucky son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, yet. Just give it time. Give it time. It might one day. All right. Well, uh, you know, Dylan, what about you? How how are you? Uh, Pollen free. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Pollen free. No headaches. No allergies. Sick. Okay. How? No, not sick. Uh, Oh. Okay. Yeah. Healthy. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, most people who have allergies aren't you know sick. Well, they're a lesser human, so. Is that? Is that accurate? It might be. Probably. Mm. I feel like it is. Like genetically superior. <laughs> that, that you're doesn't... you're going into some tawny territory there with the superior genes talk. <laughs> I mean, dangerously close to to Germany. What's the closest? Uh, France. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, do they touch? Oh God! I watched uh, House on Haunted Hill uh, recently. Um, yeah. Are you guys familiar with that movie, um, House on Haunted Hill? No. Okay. Well, uh, it's a horror movie from the I believe '60s, uh, but specifically, I watched the 1999 remake. Um, where they kind of updated it and uh, made things into a more, uh, dare I say, early or like late '90s, early 2000s kind of style. Uh, like if if you're familiar with stuff like um, like Ghost Ship or uh, uh, what's another one from that era, kind of like the Thirteen Ghosts. Um, <clears throat> that sort of stuff, or even Saw. It, I, there are definitely some similarities with Saw. Um, but anyway, uh, so they updated it to kind of be stylistic and and add a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say context, but a little bit more of a story to it. Um, and uh, I really like this fucking movie. Um, it is very... Uh, not entirely good. Um, I I would argue that it's maybe on the more like mediocre side of of, of filmmaking, um, but like I I fucking love it. It has this like charm that like I I think is missing from a lot of horror movies um, in in modern era. Like I I feel like a lot of of horror movies with the exception of maybe, I don't know, maybe Scream, um, take themselves like very, very seriously. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like this, it was from a different time for sure. Uh, and it is really, really 
an interesting sort of look at what we as a society were like finding acceptable and and finding like um i guess interesting during that time like there was a lot of stuff in here that i was like ooh i ooh, i don't remember this being this way but like you know with my modern sensibilities so yeah okay i i don't know about this chief um like for instance just for instance um Jeffrey Rush uh, is married to Famke Jensen in the movie, which is, you know, at first, like, what? That's a not real couple. Um, But secondly, like, he is just awful to her. Like, just truly, truly awful to her. And um, it is like... Like, true, like, I don't even know how to describe it other than, like, just truly abhorrent behavior. And, um, yeah, it just wouldn't fly today. Anyway, uh, but with that said, like, there was a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff in here that's just, like, like, just, it, you don't see today. Like, there are characters that come in and, and drop, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say one-liners and stuff, but, like, they they drop, like, little nuggets that, like, I don't know, give levity to a situation that, like, aren't really MCU-style one-liners. They aren't, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. But, um, yeah, Jeffrey Rush, he, he fucking chews the scenery... Uh, he's excellent in it. I love Fomka Jensen. She is absolutely gorgeous and fucking kills her, her role in this. Like she's very like, just like, um, I don't know. I don't want to say menacing. I think that that's the wrong word for it, but like, she's very like cold and calculating. And like, I really enjoyed every scene with her in it. And, um, Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a uh, it, it's like I said, it's not particularly good, but it is very um very very fun. I just I had such a fun time watching it and um I would I would definitely recommend this to anybody who's a, a fan of like that style of horror movie from the early 2000s to like late 90s. Um it is I think truly wonderful. So. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, I guess you guys didn't do anything. Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, uh, in that case, um, I uh, watched another horror movie um, called The Faculty. Uh, this one co- came off the hills of um scream and scream 2 and was written by kevin williamson who was the uh writer of scream and scream 2 um did you just go on like a 90s horror kick yes yes i did that's crazy because i remember these movies growing up and but i don't remember them Mm. like 
faculty. They have something to do with... The teachers were fucked up or something, right? Uh, was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but they weren't, like, monsters or anything. They were just... Something happened to them or they were plagued by... So I don't remember, but I remember it vaguely. Okay. Uh, so it's basically a... Uh, it's it's basically an updated version of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, an alien mm-hmm. um, comes down to Earth and infects uh, these teachers, and um, they kind of, I guess, you know, turn evil or whatever. Um, and this movie is so much better than House on the uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, but also like has that same level of like fun that I just, I was really, really digging the entire way through. Um, it, I, I really feel like a a lot of stuff that it does kind of plays on not only like tropes in the way that like, like scream did. Um, but also does stuff with like, I think our expectations of, like actors and and uh, filmmakers, like I, th- if I'm not mistaken, at the time Josh Hartnett was like this burgeoning like like uh, heartthrob type deal, right? Like around around the time that this movie was made, he was like kind of like very much a you see him he was in everything yeah yeah he was in a lot of stuff uh actually funnily enough he was in halloween h2o two years before this and fucking uh pearl harbor yeah yeah which was uh i think two or three years after this um but yeah uh so around this time you've got josh hartnett who's blowing up as like a um uh like a a heartthrob or whatever um and he (laughs) I, I think totally plays against type in this where he's kind of like this um uh stoner kind of like um I don't want to say Jesse Pinkman but like he's like if if um, I don't know it it doesn't really matter but uh you have like these really great I think actors playing some really interesting roles um and it subverts a lot of like really like I don't know it's it subverts expectations in a really really fun way um and I feel like the only real knock I have against this movie is that like I think that some of the script feels almost too obvious like um the sort of very, very clear, um, like, like the antagonist, like the lead alien or whatever. I think it's very clear from the very kind of like the very beginning who that person is. Um, and I, I feel like that kind of doesn't some, doesn't really do the movie justice. Uh, it's also got some really really awful CGI. 
Like, it's it's very dated. Um, you could tell that this movie was made in, like, 97, 98, um, around that time. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's so much fun. I, I really, really, really loved this movie. Um, I hadn't seen it in a very long time. Like, it was, uh, I don't know. Um, God, at least five to ten years somewhere in that neighborhood um and i i still really really fucking loved it so um yeah good times yeah. 90s late 90s horror kicks oh yeah what were more late night like there was some there was one that i f- can't remember but it was a late 90s horror movie i gotta look it up but i remember all like they came out not in quick succession but like i remember the faculty uh, House on Haunted Hill. Um, fuck, what else came out around that time that was... Um, late 90s, You uh, let's see, Halloween H2O, I think, was the same year as The Faculty. Yeah. Um, let's see, Scream was 96 and Scream 2 was 97. I mean... I know, like, stuff like The Sixth Sense came out around that time. Yeah, I'm yeah, that was more of these, 2000, I think. I'm thinking of more of these, like, not one-offs, but they were just different. Like, the faculty, you didn't see a lot like that. You didn't see a lot like, I mean, House on Haunted Hill, I don't really remember. Weirdly enough, I think I saw Return to House on Haunted Hill, though, on some shit. Hmm. But, like... Wishmaster? Wishmaster, there's something that's just there. Blair Witch Project, maybe? Do, Blair Witch is definitely around that time. I remember it scared the shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, that, that movie is very... Oh, oh, Urban Legends. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. There we go. Okay. That's what it was. It Was was that Jared Leto? Yep, yep. Who claims yeah, to not know about that movie at all? Oh, shut the <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. He, he really claims that he was never in that movie. What? <laughs> yeah. How can you like? He doesn't remember doing it because he was drugged out of his mind, or he just outright. No, he he just straight up he, he straight up says I I uh, I wasn't in that. He did not. Re- okay, like all right. No, you you were, buddy. Yep. Uh, How do you even be, dude? Is that? I don't even know where to start with that. Do you remember? Um, oh, Final Destination. That's a good one. Yes, that was the other one. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Final Destination and Urban Legend were around the same time as the faculty, and like I just kind of group all of those together. Yeah. Like they weren't a part of the big ones like Halloween or Scream or like Wes Craven's New Nightmare or something like that. It was they had their own little category in my head, and that's where I put those. Okay. Yeah, dude. The the late nineties, like Scream. I, a lot of people, I feel like, really heap a lot of like. I don't want to say unnecessary, but they 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 put a lot on Scream for helping to revitalize like the horror genre, and I think to a degree that that is a hundred percent true because it, as the eighties went on, right, you had the slasher boom, and it just it kind of kept going, but it like died. It died somewhere around like eighty seven, eighty six, eighty seven. I I would say, and. Horror wasn't exactly in the best place, but like I, I feel like 
when when people say that kind of stuff, they they forget stuff like uh, I don't know, like fucking Candyman, for instance. Like I th- I think yep. that was ninety two or ninety three. Like they forget that there were really fucking good movies in the in the early nineties. Um, but like taking Scream aside, like the late nineties, you had stuff like Idle Hands, which is kind of like a horror comedy. You had. Um, Oh fuck! Uh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, I know what you did last summer, which was kind of like an almost knockoff version of Scream. Uh, I still find it really that's fun. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, uh, you had Cube. Cube is fucking great. You had. Um, if you look outside of the U.S., you had stuff like Audition, Ringu, um, Shutter. Oh shit! Or, or I think it's technically See, called Cairo in. See, I remember Shutter though, like not as the the foreign release, but the release here, and that one scared the shit out of me. Yeah, too. That, that shit was fucking You're great. Like that, Sleepy Hollow came out of that. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, I think it was ninety eight yeah. or ninety nine, one of the two. Remember that? I remember. I wasn't allowed to see that for some reason. I don't know why. I I didn't have a good track record with horror movies back then because of shit like the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw that, and then I was just done. Like, there was no... Like, that affected my psyche there at the end of that movie. Like, I was not having that. And then to make it worse, everyone was like, no, this is real. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's real. I've been told my whole life it's not. And all of a sudden, we got shit floating at the end of the movie. And they're like, yeah, that happened. This is real footage. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't go into the woods for, like, an entire summer. Yeah. Because I was terrified. Yeah, I, I really remember, like, uh, it was very kind of like nascent uh in 1999 with like the internet and stuff i remember going to those like those websites after knowing that it was like fake or whatever and still being like holy shit that like this is this is interesting this is really fucking was this based on something i don't know i hate that man i think one of the one of my more underrated movies from that time i like a lot of Denzel Washington movies, but Fallen. Oh yeah, Fallen's great with uh, John Goodman, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was some. I I remember key parts of that movie. Like it's nothing. It's like one of my favorite. That had uh, Mr. Sutherland in it and mm-hmm. everyone. I remember that one really well. Uh, good old Gandolfini before he re- rest in peace. Yeah, w- way before he rest in peace. Yeah, way way. <laughs> but yeah, so nineties man, those were some core. You're uh, fucking. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because I'm just gonna keep naming movies. But <laughs> that was, th- that's like. I think it's just a core part of my child. Like those were when my memories really started to kick in because I was I'm a '91 kid. I was born in '91, so towards the end of the '90s is when I really started. I guess, that's the point where I can really start co- uh, pulling my memories back. I mm-hmm. guess. Um. And that's just, I think a huge part of it was, uh, I, like I said, I had a bad track record when it came to watching horror movies after the Blair Witch. Like, I couldn't even watch something like fucking Bats without being scared, probably. Oh. Like, everything's real now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember Bats. There was a, uh, well, never mind. Never mind. We're gonna, I'm gonna fucking talk yeah, about. It's a horror show. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, so... As I said earlier, this is our uh, Patreon-decided topic of the show. Uh, So every month we give our patrons the ability to vote on a topic, and they decide what topic we're going to do. 
uh, and then we do it, right? So um, we decided uh, that <laughs> that this month, uh, you know, we like doing our little countdown battle royale type things, and um, we wanted to do something fresh that we hadn't just, you know, tossed around before, and we decided to do a battle royale of video game sidekicks. So, you know, you have Clank, Daxter, Luigi, you know, all of the, the key ones, right? But uh, who is the best? That is the question that we are here to ask. And so, let's do it. Uh, Dylan, do you want to uh, in in tell tell us about your your five picks? What who which five characters from video games? It's hard, man. To choose sucks. And these again, I think every battle royale we say this, but it's like these are not indicative of my final five. These were the five that I thought of and were like, I can do these this mm-hmm. show. I mean, we can always go back in later shows, and I could think of another five. But my five this time. Um, I had uh, Potato GLaDOS from Portal 2, because what a legend. Um, Sparks from the Spyro franchise. Serana from Skyrim. I have spoken about her in depth before, and I will put her in anything that I possibly can. Um, B12 from Stray. And Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk. One of the best things to come from that game was good old Jackie Wells. Those are my five. I don't know if you wanted more than that, but that's what no, I No, we we, uh, <laughs> we all decided on five apiece, I think. So Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, tell me about your five. Yeah, so um, the first one is probably just a little recency, uh, uh, recency bias. There are probably definitely other characters that could have filled up these five, but this is one of the first games that was on my brain at the time of thinking of this. And so I did... Uh, for one, I did Proto Man from Battle Network 5 specifically. He's more or less kind of a uh, anti-hero or uh, rival-esque character, but for B5 specifically, he was he was more or less a sidekick. Um, starter Pokemon from Pokemon, that's one of the most iconic sidekicks for me that I have to choose at least once a fucking year. Uh, Navi from Ocarina of Time, she may be annoying... God, Jesus Christ, she might be annoying as shit, but she's required. Morgana from Persona 5, almost the same thing. Sometimes gets extremely fucking annoying, but ended up being a really lovable sidekick by the end. Uh, Tails from the Sonic franchise. I feel like he, like, when I think of the word sidekick for a video game, he's the first thing that pops in my head. He's iconic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, and then uh, my five, I went with Elizabeth from Bioshock, um, Ellie from The Last of Us, Cortana from the Halo franchise, Otacon from Metal Gear Solid, specifically Metal Gear Solid 1. He's in multiple games, but specifically that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Agro from Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, I know... I know that we're going to get some fucking hate for not having Luigi or Yoshi or, um, I don't know, fucking, I'm sure that there are others that we just glossed over, but. Absolutely. I mean, there's, like I said, 
these are just the 15 that we picked for this one. There's plenty of other f opportunities in the future to bring some of those idiots into yeah, this. Yes, correct. Fuck Luigi. <sighs> no, Luigi's like the best. But anyway. Like Diddy Kong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Diddy Kong. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Dylan, you're technically the queen of the podcast. That's um, true. So you. So I decide, or do you I? You decide go? who goes first. Okay. The order will go in. No, I don't like doing that because then I can pretty much make it to where I get the final pick. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'll go first, and then you guys can fight amongst yourselves. About who <laughs> okay. As queen, it is your duty. Fine. All right. True. This is too much pressure. Next year, I'm getting every prediction. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, we'll go... We'll go me, Josh, Austin. Austin, I don't remember the last time you got to make a final pick, so we'll go me, Josh, cool, Austin. Cool. Um, so I'll start it off, and God, I am... I want to I wanna kick your starter Pokemon right <laughs> off this bitch from the get-go. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, I, that's fine. Are you for real? It's... I thought Dude, for if, sure. If you said Pikachu, I would have been like, okay. But starter Pokemon could be one of, what, nine times? How many gems? I mean, nine that's true, nine? yeah. Or three times it's nine. Not very that's, that's 28 fucking chances. Or, I, don't, I can't do that. I think you're right. But <laughs> also, to be fair, the starter Pokemon is just kind of like... Start, the starter Pokemon is Pikachu, or is Charmander, or is Bulbasaur. Char, yeah. Like, Pikachu is just one oh, of the starter. It is, but then you got ones like Chespin in there that I wish would get tossed into an incinerator, so. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, I... All right, hold on, hold on. Let me reevaluate my 15. <laughs> nope, that one sucks the most. I'm joking. Um, Austin, what do you think? It doesn't have to go now. I'm okay with. It does. You don't even have to offer anything up. But do you, would you like to see it go? Uh, it can go now. I, I don't. I don't. You know, that's fine. I feel like you don't care about anything. <laughs> All right, Josh. What do you think? Should it go now or should it make? It uh, I mean, looking at this list, said you don't care about anything. You're not wrong. Um, looking at this list, yeah. I. I mean, it probably is the weakest of the ones, unfortunately. Which and I, I don't want to take anything away from it. It could. It's like you're right because when I think of starter Pokemon, I think of the nine that I chose. You know yeah. What I mean, um, but there is ones in there that don't really mean anything to me. But that's not to take away from the the importance of the ones we do choose. It's just out of this list, I feel like they're the least. For sure. Um, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say is. They're the least sidekicky. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I got six other Pokemon. You yeah, know, yeah, um, or five other. For sure. But so I think I'll go that one. Just right out the gate. Okay. Justin just took a huge sigh. He was like, "Thank God, <laughs> Thank God. we're not going to have to talk about Pokemon for eighty thousand years." Yeah, I think that might be one of the biggest shockers of the year was taking Pokemon out at number one. Right? Mm -hmm. One pick. All right. What did I say? So now Josh. Mm -hmm. 
Um, all right. Um, I'm looking at this list, I think. Um, I think I'm going to go with Otacon. And the only reason that I'm going to go with Otacon is just I don't think that you guys have the... I mean, you guys haven't played it. So I I don't think that um, I'll get any any real... I mean, I'm absolutely not going to push back, but I still want to know who the hell he is. So Otacon is is more or less your kind of helper throughout the entirety of, of Metal Gear Solid. You meet him after facing the... I can't remember if he's the second or the third boss. Like the boss. first game or the franchise? Yeah, uh, in, in Metal Gear Solid 1. Okay. Um, and you get him after fight, uh, fighting the Cyborg Ninja. And he gives you a lot of kind of detail as to, po- as, as to what the nuclear capabilities of the Metal Gear are and g- gives you like a bunch of backstory. But also he kind of becomes like your friend and... He helps you out throughout the entire, like, game. Like, at one point, you get locked up, and he comes to you with, uh... I can't remember what exactly it is that he comes to you with, but, like, he's basically the reason that you escape from the kind of, like, jail cell that you're in. And you have, like, these long conversations with him across the entirety of the game, you really kind of get to know like his character and through him, you also get to know a lot about like sniper wolf, who is one of my favorite characters in all of metal gear solid, like the, the franchise. Um, and I just, I, I really like the camaraderie with him. I think Meryl, uh, is kind of the, the one that a lot of people I think gravitate towards. Uh, but like, Otacon is definitely one of the ones that, like, I always feel like I I made a friend with Otacon when I'm playing that game. Um, yeah, so he's he's great, but uh, I I don't think that he can he can really go that much further. Can't mm-hmm. really hang for too much longer. Yeah. All right, Austin, bringing us in at 13. <clears throat> cool, cool. Um, That's not an option. I think that... Shut up. Um, I think I'm going to fall on my own sword here a little bit. I think Proto Man is going to go. Oh, shit. Damn. And, well, I, I think Proto Man's really fucking cool. But, again, he's only really a sidekick in, like, one very specific instance. Like, one very small scenario. 90... Nine percent of the other time you ever interact with him within that universe, that's not what he's doing, at all. So he can go out here now. I think compared to some of the other, I'm just going to make it as this whole you know if this queen thing is going to persist, I'm going to make it a thing for the next battle royale, which we both mm-hmm. know. By both, I mean you both know which one's coming next. We will not be able to choose one of our own to sacrifice. This is becoming way too easy when we just fall on our own swords. That's true. That's yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna this. See, because I was about to do the same thing. I can't even lie. Like, because he knocked that one out. I was like, you know what? I would have given him this one, but I'll just do it now. But then I was like, well, that's too fucking easy. 
Well, I have one that's not on my list that I want to go next. So, <laughs> okay, good. Is it on yes. my list? Okay, maybe then we'll both hit it. Okay. Well, it's your turn, so uh, actually, maybe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he said, "Well, I don't want to pick the wrong one and sacrifice one that you 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 can you can essentially hit me with two right now. You could fucking make me draw two if I just choose one that you weren't thinking, and then next round you come and you hit me with another one. Well, well." The next two that I have on my list are definitely two from your list. <laughs> okay, well, that makes me feel better. So, fuck. I don't want to cut one of mine after saying that. <laughs> but the thing is, is I, I respect your list too much because of the importance of the top three. Mm. Austin's... <laughs> You, got, you motherfuckers are like, oh, you're so mean to us, Dylan. You are the meanest person on this podcast. I, what? What did I do? You were like, yeah, I respect yours, Austin's. Uh... That was a genuine thought. Like I was oh, really okay. trying to think if I want to shit on Navi right now because I think she's so. No, she's I love iconic. Navi. I do agree. She's extremely say, obnoxious. Everyone she's says that, but that's but not true. Oh, okay, yeah. Tell me you don't, after hearing that fucking shit 14,000 times. Hey, listen! I love it! I fucking love it, dude. It's awful. I feel like Josh is the type to have that as his text (laughs) tone. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Um, So, since we're not going for those rules Mm. this time, I will self-sacrifice, because I feel like I know the two you are probably... Actually, I don't. It could be any of the three. I feel like two of mine you respect. I want to go ahead and go... Uh, fuck. I'll go Serana, because she doesn't have the um, depth with you two that she does for Mm -hmm. me. Um, I have spoken about her in the past a lot, and I will say it again. She is the best companion out of any Elder Scrolls game that exists. She has the most depth out of any companion that you can bring along with you, and she reinvigorates the game. If you've never had her alongside of you, it she she's like a narrator, and she, the narrator becomes your best friend, and she's fucking incredible. She's super strong. She can't die. Um, incredibly beautiful and alluring. She's a vampire. Um, just wonderful, wonderful character. I love having her along with me in every single Skyrim playthrough. Okay. Hmm. Cool. All right. Your turn. Fall. All right. Well, my next one, um, or the the one that I wanted to pick next, I should say, was Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk. Nope. I would rather you take Sparks right. Sparks now. is the other one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I figured it would have to be, but Jackie has to go further. Okay. Yeah, the only reason that I even chose Jackie was because um, I genuinely have not played any more of that game than past the first, like, mission once you get into Night City. I think that's as far as I got. Yeah, I'll explain my reasoning later, but Sparks can go. I mean, everyone knows that the Spyro franchise is iconic to me, Mm -hmm. but... uh, Sparks does a little more than point you in the direction of some gems and change colors when he gets, you know, when you get hit. Yep. Um, he has a little more depth than the later games, and he's a cute little buddy to have, and he's iconic to me. But ultimately, he's not one of the best sidekicks of all time by any means. 
Okay. So agreed. Cool. Okay. Whose turn is it? Mine. Yeah, is See, a... Dylan, I was also gonna pick Jackie. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... That being said, should we also make it a rule to where we can't fight back and then we just have this malicious hate for one another? Absolutely like, maybe not. Maybe going forward? <laughs> no. Okay. That's too much. Too much. <laughs> I am not in the... in in. No. No. <laughs> no. Where we just yeah. have to sit there I mean, and take it. You have to sit there and take it. Maybe offering, having the option to offer up another one of our choices. But the shitty thing is, is I couldn't pick between my other two right mm -hmm. now. Um, if there's not another one that we can take away from any of these lists, whether it be from icon status or personal love, then I will make another sacrifice. But mm. I can't do away with Jackie right now. Mm. Mm. How much of Cyberpunk did you play, Austin? Tell me that. Uh, up until Jackie dies. Wow. Spoilers. Oh, oh that's but... all right. Nobody's going to play that game anymore. <laughs> oh, that's... You know, had you have said that before, Edge Runners, I'd have believed it. Um, fuck, man. So you played up until the point where yeah, he dies? Yeah, pretty much. That, is that literally where yeah, you stopped? Yeah, immediately. I don't even blame you, no, first honestly. off, because that crushed me if you oh, that's I not hate, why i hate i hate 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 that we i plan on finishing it this year if that makes you feel any better it doesn't because you can <laughs> say that about any game and not do it because i probably won't i plan on it that doesn't mean i'm going to josh i know the significance of the game to a lot of people i never played it i'm sorry can you tell me how important this is not my choice. This is not my choice. I have. I'm going to have to offer one of mine. Um, well, you don't. You don't have to. Uh, it was. I was going to ask about aggro, but I don't know anything. Yeah, about I think. It. I mean, looking at this list, I think that, realistically speaking, aggro is probably the the next one to go. Um, okay. Well, that's fine. Austin, would you be okay with yeah, that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. okay. Well, that sucks, because that feels like more my choice than his. I still feel like that isn't too fair. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Well, I'm, we're going to hammer out some rules for these be for these okay. battle royales going forward. But anyway, all right. Number 10, aggro yeah. from Austin, bringing it back to me. Hey, whoa. Whew, hang on. We need to talk about aggro for a second. Do we? Uh, and, oh, yeah. See, I just wanted to skip And, and the reason we need to talk about aggro is because aggro isn't really a character so much as it is a emotional it's a fucking through horse. line it's a horse and i know i know that that's like oh you have some fucking horse you grow the fuck up or whatever but like so you go through the entirety of shadow of the Colossus with this horse you battle all of these things and Without even really realizing it, you become attached to it. I, I feel like. I mean, I did. And when you get to that final moment before the final boss where Agro more or less sacrifices himself for you to make it to that final boss, it is genuinely heartbreaking. And... I just think that, like, 
the bond you build with this horse that does not have any, like, like, you know, obviously it doesn't speak. It doesn't really do almost much of anything other than be a horse. And you still feel that, like, weight when, when it dies. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, um, so I feel like you, I mean, that's, it says a lot though, because that's like, take a look at what, how you would feel at the end of, uh, spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 2, but at the end of Red Dead 2, when you lose your horse, mm -hmm. or even in an online game, like I remember Tawny, I don't remember, Tawny was telling me a story the other day where he had this horse that he had developed the bond with, he had made it all the way through the game with it, and somehow it died and it's like he lost his best friend yeah that's what it feels like and losing a aggro like, yeah and it, especially if you say like he sacrifices himself for you almost that's crushing i really did not know what to expect when i typed in aggro and then i saw it was a horse and i was like what am i what <laughs> like that's i didn't i thought it was gonna be some fucking rock giant or something but no it was the horse yeah. that's why i was so caught off guard but that's awesome okay sabrina would respect that Mad respect. Um, fucking hell. See, icon status. I can't cut any of the ones I want to. Um, yeah, this is the part. Like, I mean, it, the other ones have been pretty hard, but like, this is the part where it like hurt. It hurts, yeah. and it's gonna hurt real bad. Cause fuck. Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, I'll go. It's got. He's got to go at least one more. I'll cut. I'll cut potato glados right no! now. No. Really? Uh. I love potato glados so much. It, man. All right. Um. <laughs> On uh, like okay, here's it, Navi is the only one that I think deserves to go out. Yeah. More. I'll so I can't do that while Jackie's still here and you guys have no like connection no. with him. Um, I'm okay with letting Jackie go. Hey, at least he made it top ten. He's he's in the single okay. digits, so I'll okay. take. That. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going Jackie then. Unfortunately, man. Um, so, I mean, depending on which route you start within the game, he he can come off in a you know in a variety of different ways, to, you know, immediately. But soon into this first, what well, I don't know how long the the beginning of the game truly is. Maybe a couple hours. It's about two hours. And you, yeah, and you're hanging out with Jackie, and you're doing these missions with him, and you you. And from my playthrough point of view, he started in a place that wasn't necessarily antagonistic completely, but he also didn't seem like a comrade, like, you know, a brothers-in-arms type. But during your time, and, you know, it's already been said, during the time leading up to his death, you... <clears throat> you develop this relationship with him, you see his loved ones, you, you know, you meet um, Misty, his girlfriend, you know, Mama Wells is in the picture, 
he has this relationship with the Ripper Doc because, you know, that's where Misty works, that's where V goes. Um, he becomes this, he's the first person in Night City and one of the only people, to me in Night City, who becomes a person and who he kind of he he's one of the characters that I would love to have seen in an edge runners setting because he be he just belongs like he could fit in probably anywhere with how much of a like a big brother he feels like um I felt like he always had my back like he always had my best interests at heart like you know or at least like each other's because we were brothers truly in the end we might not have started out that way but the more that it builds the more you see like this is he is literally your ride or die and that's what he becomes to the point where you have the heist of your life in one of the biggest settings tensions are high the stakes are you know at critical point the strongest enemies alive are coming for you from the biggest corporation he has the hottest item on the market like in hand with V and you're trying to get away and the mission goes wrong man and you you never expect that truly you don't expect the mission to go wrong and so wrong to the point where your brother that you've had for these first few hours of the game is hurt and you think he's going to be okay because all the while through making it out of this big corporation old building like he's hurt bad but he's walking he's moving he's shooting like he's he's hand in hand with you and finally you make it out you you get in the car and you start to drive away and you make it past this grand chase like the big bad chase right and you guys make it out alive but he's too hurt and you're literally looking into his eyes riding away in the car talking to him like reassuring him you're gonna be okay just hang in there and you think it will be until it's not and you see the light literally go out of his eyes you're looking in his eyes as he dies and it's one of the most crippling moments in any video game i've experienced because you just watched your brother die like literally in your arms mm -hmm. and the light fades away and it's soul crushing to me to see that because he was such a lovable and loving character and you see that, this is why I asked Austin if he stopped playing there. If you go back and you talk to these people post Jackie's death and you go to Jackie's wake, uh, um, you know, you, you talk to his mom, man, and I'm not gonna spoil anything at that point because I think people really need to experience it if they never have, but tensions are high between Misty and Mama Wells, but then like everything goes down at this wake like everyone just starts talking and reminiscing and celebrating his life and it's one of the most beautiful things like you were truly mourning the loss of a character um, but more so than that you felt like you were mourning the loss of a friend and I think it's I think it's an, a, a real achievement for a game to have that kind of connection or to make you feel that kind of connection he's one of my favorite side. he was the first one that came to my mind when we were doing this topic Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I have not played far enough uh, into it. I, I, if I'm being honest with you, I don't really, I don't think plan to uh, play far enough into it to to build that relationship with him. But mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad that like 
that you got that out of it. Yeah, it's he. I mean, outside of a few other characters, like Johnny is a big part of the story, obviously. So you start to develop this relationship with him. Judy's a big part of it, and Evelyn and Pan Am and all these characters. Like you really, truly start to love these people. But Jackie was just on another level. Mm-hmm. I think I did one of the. I think I did. Uh, I, you, you, I don't know what they call it. The three options that you can pick at like the very beginning basically decides which way the game starts for you. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I think I did the route where he was kind of a dickhead. I don't you know. I don't necessarily remember all that much, but I just I, I don't remember forming that kind of relationship with him. I just don't remember him being there for all that long. Yeah, he was... Yeah, I just don't think I got... I, I think I picked a route that didn't give me enough of a chance to get attached to him like that. I, I, I mean, it's been a hot minute since I've played it. It's making me want to go back and play it. I'm not going to, but he was just... Uh... He was a good yeah. man. I forget which one. Like, I don't think he responds. I, I could be wrong. I don't know if he responds well to Corpo, Corpo or Nomad. I think, like, you guys are trying to, like, jack the same car if you start Street Kid. I think mm-hmm. and that kind of becomes yeah. a problem. But, uh, yeah, super good. Super good. Cool. Who is that, me? That's Josh Yep, now. it is me now. Okay. So, look at this. As much as I love Navi, I think it's time for her. Yeah, it's time for her to go. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to say some kind words about Navi? Hey, listen. Yeah. Just a cute little fairy that likes to point you in the right direction and tell you which sign you should be looking at. Um... (laughs) The OG sparks. Yeah, essentially. Super cute, but uh, it does get kind of obnoxious with the hey listen every two seconds. I love it. I love the hey listen. It, I, I'm, not, I'm not even being ironic. I, I genuinely really? love it. Yeah. There are a lot of people that do. I, I know that like it gets on some people's nerves, but like I always feel like when I'm playing that game, which isn't very often, mind you, but, yeah. um, like, when I'm playing it, I always feel like, oh, Navi's trying to tell me something. Like, awesome. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just always feel like I have a friend <laughs> oh, with me. To a torch. Yeah. I just, honestly, people are going to fucking uh, shit all over me for saying this. It's one of the things that I think makes the game feel dated. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I can see that. just hearing the hey, listen, every two seconds, like... The original release of Ocarina of Time is already extremely dated. I know people like to pretend like it fucking isn't, but it most definitely is, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes it feel worse for me. I feel that. It's still iconic, though. For sure, for sure. Okay, uh, well, it's it's now your turn. No, no. Um. What's it going to be, Big Stevens? See, the problem is the games that are left that I didn't personally put on here, well, except Halo, but I've never played any of the other ones. Um, Jin, you, huh? You didn't play The Last of Us? I've played, like, the first three hours of The Last of Us, wow. and I just, okay. I just, I don't care about it. 
Um, <laughs> I just don't care. It, I don't you know, just pissed off so many fucking people. <laughs> they'll get over it. It's fine. They can take their mediocre too. game and get over it. I don't care. Okay, now that just made it so much worse. I think The Last of Us is one of the most overhyped games of the last hey, 10 years. <laughs> Austin, can I tell you something? You're going to tell me that I'm wrong? No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen. I fought oh the exact God. fucking same thing the first time I played The Last of Us. Yeah. I didn't get it. No. I did not get it. It took me coming back to it about like five years later for me to finally understand. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm probably going to get a PS5 again uh, here within the next couple of days. And if I do, I, I might give it another shot. I, I highly fucking doubt it, but I'm willing to try to give it another opportunity. But I don't feel like it's really your game style. No, it's not. And I think that's what, like, that's one of the things that did it for me. Like, the gameplay just did not feel fun to me at all. It did not feel engaging. I, I just didn't give a fuck about it in the slightest. I feel like you would probably enjoy the show. I don't feel like you would enjoy this. Yeah, and I feel like that too. I I, I want to finish the show. I just I don't have fucking time. I'm too busy playing Persona 5. Yeah, I was going to say. Anyway. Um, see, I would pick Ellie, but I know that that's wrong. I'm okay with picking Ellie. Okay, well then Ellie, there we go. I'm down. Get, it, get, get that bitch out of here. Okay. Yeah. Um... I I am okay with letting her go, not because she's uh, not a great character, but because um, I feel like The Last of Us 2 really soiled a lot of the love that I had for that character. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not necessarily because it's like a wrong story progression, but when I think of Ellie in that first game, she's almost like a, a blank canvas. And Joel is like, she's okay. She's like a sounding board for Joel. She is kind of like the bright eyed optimism that Joel no longer has. And she is the perfect foil to his character. Right. Um, so when you get into the second one and you kind of see that she is basically just Joel again. It really, I feel like, I, f- I feel like it does her character a little bit of a, a disservice. And technically, technically, she is the main character of The Last of Us Part Two. So, speaking strictly as, like, her as a... um sidekick i i think that like she works in that first game because joel works in that first game she's the antithesis of him and by the end when you see kind of like how he has impressed upon her basically all of his bad traits um when you get to the second one it just kind of feels like you're going through the paces again and it and it it wears down some of my love for that character i think um also it does not help that in sections where there are stealth the enemies do not pay any attention to her whatsoever even though she'll be 
like ass out behind a thing. Like you can very clearly see that there's like a little human there with with her ass out behind this dumpster. And they don't fucking do, care. But, like, if you have, like, so much as a hair out as Joel, they're ready to fucking beat your shit. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's bad game design. Bad game. Bad game bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. Dylan, you get the sacrificial cut right before our top five. Yeah, I know. This is I'm, I've been having an existential crisis. I don't know what to do. <laughs> See, because I personally, and, and I'm not saying I'm cutting this one because I'm not because I know the icon status and what it means to Austin. I have no fucking love for tails. Oh, but tails right, is so cute. That's what I just said, Austin. I said I'm not <laughs> cutting it. Chill, fuck out. So stop being so defensive. Tails is so cute. Tails could literally get thrown into that same incinerator. <laughs> oh, I love Tails so much! Leave my mutant fox alone. <laughs> He's a good Tails was actually in the first video game I ever played, so... Really? Yep. Sonic was... 2. Oh, okay. Shit, I thought you were going to say Crash. Mm-hmm. Can I cut Potato GLaDOS? That's fine. Uh, Not you. Oh, man. I would really love to see her in the top five. But I, I don't see a way to get around it. Because I know that we both have a really strong emotional attachment to B12. Yeah, B12. And then Elizabeth and Cortana. I will cut Cortana. Cortana. No, absolutely not. Go. No, she is for sure making top five. Okay, then I'll cut GLaDOS. Morgana can also go. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Fuck. I've ruined you. All right. What? All right. Morgana goes now. Fine. <laughs> if we're all in agreement That's with that, fine. because I know you love good old Spud over there. I do too. I'm not trying to say I don't. <laughs> Like, okay, it, I, I love that first Portal game. I love it. It's great. Yeah. But Portal 2 is ex- so yeah. much better to me because of Potato GLaDOS and fucking uh, Wheatley. Like, those two characters, man, just, they... Yeah, they made the yeah. game. They truly made the game. I... Let's cut Morgana. Because I'll have plenty of time to talk about that later. Let's just cut Morgana now. Okay. All right. I'm okay, but I agree. GLaDOS made both of those games. Yes. Okay. Oh, T- you you two wax poetic about Morgana. You, no, um, this is all that lost. is me. Uh, Morgana is just a cute little cat friend in Persona Five that kind of shows you the ropes of using the metaverse and your Persona abilities. And during the daytime, he just gets to travel around in your bag, and it's cute. He just sticks out. Um, and then um. Helps you get around mementos. Not spoil I'm shit. not gonna spoil anything. <laughs> but it's really fun if you're playing on a PS5. I don't know what the controllers are for Xbox. I figured out for Switch, it's the minus button. But when you're driving around in mementos uh, on PlayStation, if you 
rub the uh, touchpad, he meows and does cat shit. It's cute. Oh my <laughs> god, I did not. I love that. when I love when cat characters in anime and video games do normal cat shit. It's so cute. It's so dude. Fun. Fucking buy your PS5 and go play Stray. Uh, Seriously, I might. I'm not even kidding. Stray is such a great game. Please don't say I might. It's a four-hour. See, game. it's not as cute for me to see actual cats do cat shit. What? What? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Figure it out. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was Morgana. Did I cut I that one? I did. Morgana's. Yeah. All right. You've Austin, Poor not cow. Austin. Josh. All right. Turn. I gotta do it. I gotta. Top five. I what? gotta make potato Glados go out here. Okay. Whew. All right. Potate. Uh, Potot. Potot glad. Potot glad rap. I, I don't know what's happening. You're saying shit. I mean, I just said it. I, I just said it. Shh. Potato GLaDOS and having her in your fucking arm, in your ear, the entire game where she's just spouting bullshit at you is... It's the fucking best, man. I. It's just... The writing in that game is so fucking sharp. And, like, like I said, between her and Wheatley, who sadly missed the list, and the only reason that I didn't put him on here was because Potato GLaDOS was already here, I just, it's fucking chef's kiss. I, I would not love that game as much as I do had those two characters not been in it. I... Yeah, I fucking love GLaDOS, and I love Potato GLaDOS, and fucking play Portal 2. Just play Portal 2. So, that's me, man. You you gave my pick the eulogy, but you're right, because without those two, that game is nothing. But Potato GLaDOS, to me, is just made even better when you think about the behemoth she was in uh, Portal 1. The monstrosity you wound up having to fight at the very end you know she was the number one uh enemy throughout Mm -hmm. the entirety of the first game constantly throwing you know obstacle after obstacle and death trap after death trap and making you kill your best friend like she was the antagonist of all antagonists she was awful but in a great way and then for her to come back in Portal 2 and be reduced to a fucking potato <laughs> on your arm. <laughs> it's the, it's the best, best fucking sense of justice and also hilarity at the same time. Because she still has all of that charisma and her prowess is still there. Like you, it, She is very much GLaDOS, but she opens up a little more too. Like She becomes an even more expanded character. And that is fucking mesmerizing when you come from the first game. Um I think Wheatley's great. I think Potato Glados is better. Like I, kept, I, I, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Wheatley made that game for me in another way. But, dude, Potato Glados is legendary <laughs> for real. I 100% agree with that. Oh man! All right, Austin, you're into the top four, brother. Oh God, uh, Cortana. No. Thank you. Okay. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, please, I'll give no, you Elizabeth. No. 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 Elizabeth can go. No. Uh, okay, okay, hang on. No. Talk, talk me out of letting her go. She's the best sidekick of all time. Okay, so she's going number one. Dude, I'm not even kidding. You cannot beat her. I don't fucking care about the stupid fox with the mutation, <laughs> dude. 
kill my robot and fuck the AI. Elizabeth is the best sidekick of all time. I will kill myself on this podcast right now if you cut her right now. Oh, God. Please don't. Fuck the fucking, fox or fuck the AI. The fox will fuck the AI. It probably I, You cannot take her out now. There is no way she's not number one, dude. Josh, you cannot tell me these other four are better than her. The other three, you mean? Huh? Three. You, I'm, I'm emotionally in turmoil right now. All Josh, right, li- good. Li- I can't count. Dude, I, if Austin I, needs tails to make top three. I'll kill B12 right now. I do need tails to make top I, three. I can't. <laughs> Elizabeth cannot. Josh, you can't do that. (laughs) There's no way. No one even comes close. When we rehash this in a year and we do a top 100, she wins. There's no one better than her. Okay. There's no... I'm going to pass out. This is not good. All right. Um... Uh, dude, uh, B12. I, I'm sacrificing it. B12. Get it away. All right. Mm. Okay. That gives him his top three, and that gives Cortana a top three. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you... Dylan's about to have a stroke. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't think I would have to be debating this. Okay. All right. Listen, okay. B12 can go. Uh, all right, fuck it. God damn it. All right. Hell yeah. (laughs) Fuck you guys. I'm sorry, dude. There is no way. I'm going to throw it. (laughs) Cortana's my number one. Oh my God. I, I, I love the Halo games for how they play, but... I don't play multiplayer in those games. I play the story. And I don't fucking come back for goddamn Master Chief. I just don't. Master Chief is not a fucking character. I'm sorry. Everyone can fucking cry. And uh, you you don't know what you're talking about. No, Master Chief is glorified avatar. Literally. Cortana is the heart and soul of that that series. What did you just say? (laughs) He said the suit jerks him off. Alright, we're gonna we're gonna put Cortana does. here. We're gonna put Cortana here. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am shocked Elizabeth is not your number yeah. one. No, I love Elizabeth. She's my number two. But uh, never played by like her. I like I said, I I do not play Halo for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I like the multiplayer, but that's not why I play it. I play it for the story. And I come back to the story every fucking time for Cortana. She is the heart and soul of that series. People can fucking talk about Captain Keys or Miranda or fucking uh what's the Dude, I'm Sarge? His name too. I, I forget his fucking <laughs> Thank name. You. But um Sarge Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. That's that right. right. That's right. Like people can can talk about those characters all the fuck they want, but like they do not have the same fucking impact that that Cortana does. And when you get to the end of three man and she sacrifices herself and like 
even when it like is undone in four and f- fucking five, um, it I'm still there for her, even though like the emotional beat is kind of like lost, right? And then when you get to six and you have basically the same fucking thing, right? You have Cortana, but not Cortana. And she's sitting there and you're going through all this emotional turmoil because you lost the person that you care about. And this other person is just sitting there reminding you of of her. And like you get to that point in the game where you're ready to sacrifice her because of what happened in the past. And she's like, hey, man, that's really not fucking cool. I feel everything for that fucking character in that moment. I, I don't know. I, I fucking love Cortana. I, I like just straight up. I do. Um, and she goes here. That's fine. Uh, you know, because I think we both have a very strong emotional attachment to B12. Um, and I love Elizabeth. Uh, Tails is going next. Um, fuck you. (laughs) Unfortunately, his uh, pick. But I, I, I love Cortana. I fucking love her. Wait, who was the pick? Was that I, I picked Cortana? So no, your chose... pick, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Tails. Fuck you. <laughs> can I pick? Can I put Tails? If you um, want to. I, I mean, I don't want to hurt you. You're gonna you do it anyway. You don't care. I can tell you, it's not gonna win, but I do care. <laughs> That's All right, fine. we, we have, I, I think, decided that Elizabeth is number one, right? For sure. Elizabeth is number fucking okay, whoever so that bitch is. It's a matter of oh. choosing <laughs> B12 or Tails for two and three, or for number two. Give Austin his number two spot. <laughs> I can't believe Tails made it this Tails far. Tails should have game. made it this far. I don't have anything to say. I mean, I really don't. I He is the most iconic video game sidekick. And you cannot convince me otherwise. I feel like it's No, Luigi. fuck that guy. It's not. Anyway, B12. Josh, take it away. Okay. Um, so, B12 is... In a very similar manner to how I talked about um, Cortana in uh you know the halo franchise i think that i think that um b12 is kind of like the heart and soul of stray Uh, i i think that a lot of what happens there um is all kind of like All of the emotional stuff comes from your attachment with B12. And when you get to the end of that game and you have to go through what you have to go through, it it hurts because you've grown attached to this character that, like, you know, on, like, the deepest and most fundamental level, you know this character. And then, you know, it just... It hurts. Um, yep. I don't know. It's like you, 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 you're not. I think I said it when we talked about it in Game of the Year. You 
are not the main character of this story. Yeah, no, not at all. The cat is not the main character. The robots that you're around, they kind of are, but more so than anything, B12 is the main character of Stray. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really special because you're literally just playing a cat in this world. In another video game, we would have been playing B12 with using the cat to get around, Mm -hmm. essentially. B12 changed that game for me. I had to be in the right headspace to play it. And once I finally got there, B12 took me on a roller coaster that I will never in my life forget. Um, I never expected to say that one of the most iconic video game characters to me came from Stray, but truly I think it did in the form of B12. Um, it just made an impact. I think very few games can make an impact like that. And again, like you said, when the time came and Endgame came without spoiling anything, because truly I can leave it ambiguous by saying I wasn't ready. Um, and it was it was very special. I cried. Same. I... <coughs> video games don't often invoke that from me. And this one did. And I think it's one of the most special video games to come out in the past five years, maybe beyond mm-hmm. that. Um, truly, truly special story. And I'm very happy to see B12 make it into top three. It could have easily made it number one to me. Um, but when you put Elizabeth on this list, and we'll get to it in a minute, it's not even mm-hmm. close. Um, but that brings us to the Mutant Fox. The Mutant Fox. He unfortunately went out at number two, but I'm just glad that he got this high. <laughs> Honestly, um, it it might be kind of a cop out because this is you know video game side characters, which are sidekicks, which Tails is. But what may, uh, what always made me love Tails as a character wasn't necessarily the video games, but it was the old uh, Archie comics uh, Sonic run mm. that they did in like the early two thousands, where Tails was portrayed as kind of this young kid who was always made fun of growing up because he had this mutant tail that nobody knew where it came from and he was always really kind of iffy and self-conscious about it but then he ended up running into sonic and he met sonic and saw that sonic used what made him different and to to make to do something positive uh in his community and it tails was very inspired by that and i always loved reading that story as a kid and uh kind of like what josh said i've Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was if if it's not the first video game I ever played it's one of the first for sure because I know my first console was a hand-me-down Genesis uh, I know I had all three of the original Sonic trilogy but and it's just every time I hear the word sidekick in video games Tails is always the first thing that comes to my mind yeah I respect it alright um, that's, that brings us to Elizabeth and I, I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone comes close when it comes to, I mean, B12 comes close. I can say that, but Elizabeth changed how I see video game characters. It's been a long time since I played Bioshock Infinite. I never played, but I, mean, I did play Bioshock 1 and 2. I never finished it is what I should say. I, I didn't care for them. I don't know why. Just at the time, it wasn't my cup of tea. But um, 
Bioshock Infinite came out, and my my good buddy, I talk about him all the time on the stream peripherals, Mr. Mr. Greg, um, he said, dude, you really need to give this a shot. And like I have also said in the past, he's great at talking me into buying shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I got Bioshock Infinite, and fell in love with the art direction and all that. I remember that. And like I said, it's been a long time since I've played it, but I will never in my life forget the relationship that you develop with Elizabeth in the journey that you guys take. Because so many of the things that we've said along this journey today, trying to narrow it down to the top one, she takes parts of so many of them. Whether it be Serana or Jackie or Ellie. Like, she can harness all of that you see man she was the main character to me even though she's the side character <clears throat> she's the sidekick i was living that game through her like i i fell in love with her um you're looking at the world through her eyes she's common commenting on everything she's the girl that was locked away that's finally freed and you get to explore this crazy world with her and it was an unforgettable ride through twists and turns that just, it defined a generation for me. I think when I, when I reflect back on the days of the 360, um, in terms of story-driven games, Halo 3 is up there, absolutely. Um, Fucking even games like Dante's Inferno I thought were really cool and they stand out as a memorable experience for me, but nothing comes close to Bioshock Infinite and getting to experience this wild, convoluted, topsy turvy story with this girl that you found locked away in a tower. Um and like I said, she pulls everything from these characters. Like I talked about seeing Jackie as family. I talked about Serana like kind of narrating the world around her or even you saying that Ellie is the goodness that Joel didn't have he was the perfect foil to that or she was the perfect foil to that Elizabeth harnesses so much from all of these characters that we've talked about and she became this unparalleled like unmatched character to me um, I'm, I'm, I was pa when you said at number four I was shocked dude because I was like We've harped on her before, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> she's just wonderful. And I know you had just as equally incredible of an experience. Like, I I would have never guessed Cortana was your number one. I, I, I will be completely honest with you. But I really thought it was going to be Elizabeth. Um, I'm sorry that Cortana had to go at number four, but I'm glad that Elizabeth makes it to number one because, wow. And Austin, like... I want to tell you to go back and play it because she's so great. Um, you probably won't. You're probably right. But just thinking about it, I mean, just like thinking about it <laughs> after everything we've said tonight, like after Persona 5 and all that, like I'll probably go back and I'll stream Bioshock Infinite because it's a... It is a franchise I've always uh, looked into. I've just never actually sat down and tried it. Yeah, Infinite was a special... Thing in I've itself. Heard, I've heard Infinite is a real, real good fucking game. It is. It is. And it, it's almost entirely because of Elizabeth, I'm not going to lie. Yep. Like, I like Booker's story f fine, and I, it really was shocking 
the ending of that game when you find out everything that you find out about Booker. But, like, I mean, it's, it's like you said, like, it, legitimately speaking, the the story is Elizabeth's story, and it it is really, really like just beautiful and um i i think heartbreaking in a lot of ways because you get a lot of i mean you get a lot of like story and and exposition from her about like how she's an orphan and then like you said like being the trapped in the tower thing like i mean you get a lot of story with her and it is I don't know. It's fucking great. It, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm happy with this. Well, uh, (laughs) if we run this down, our 15 characters go at number 15 starter Pokemon from the Pokemon franchise. Uh, number 14, Otacon from Metal Gear Solid. Number 13, Proto Man, specifically from Mega Man Battle Network 5. Uh, number 12, Serana from Skyrim. Uh, number 11, we have Sparks from Spyro. Um, number 10, Aggro from Shadow of the Colossus. Number 9, Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk 2077. Number 8, Navi from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, number 7, Ellie from The Last of Us. Um, number 6, Morgana from Persona 5 slash Persona 5 Royale. Uh, holy goddamn uh my mind just went completely blank number five potato glados from portal 2 number four cortana from the halo franchise number three b12 from stray number two tales from the sonic franchise and at number one elizabeth from bioshock infinite woot woot indeed all right um how about you motherfuckers talk about persona for a minute Okay. Uh, Austin, you said you weren't going to talk about it. Uh, he changed his mind. I can real quick. I can for a little he bit. Changed his mind. Why don't you talk about it? I want to hear what you have to say about it. I do. Do you? Um, I forget when I tried it last. I think it might have been when did I? I sent you a picture the other day, and I think it was like what 2021 where I last yeah, tried yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so that means I didn't touch it at all last year. Um, I remember on my initial playthrough, I, I I was enjoying my time with it, but the I think I played right at 20 hours. But after a certain point, kind of like what happened with uh, Cyber Sleuth earlier this year, like it lost its grasp on me. Like I, I wasn't... Mm-hmm. Where invested. Something happened... And I just, you know, it kind of dissipated. And then once it was out of sight, out of mind, I never went back to it. Um, I remember enjoying it aesthetically. And, like, I I enjoyed a lot of the mechanics and stuff. But something, it just, you know, I think I fell off in, like, October of 2021. And then I just never went Mm -hmm. back. Um, Fast forward to this month. And then, you know, I see it. It's on Game Pass. And I was just looking for shit to play one day. I think I was looking for something to start on the road to waiting 
for the next game that I was going to play this year, which was going to be Resident Evil 4. Um, so I downloaded it, started playing it, and then something happened. And this happens with a few games that I can think of, like, right off the top. But, like, something happened to where I was hooked. I finally had that, like, latch factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to take my time with it. Like, I've been so preoccupied with wanting to do this challenge this year that I've been trying to just beat game after game after game. And I've done that. I think I'm at 10 right now, but I wanted to just slow down because I'm like, I'm flying through this and I can knock out fucking 10 more indies if I wanted to do that, but I'm not going to do that. I just wanted to take my time for a little bit. We have plenty of games coming out this year. I'll have tons of time to play and just knock it. Like I'm, I'm a lock for the challenge this year mm-hmm. because I've already knocked out 10 in three months. Yeah, we're also so halfway like, through just... that bitch already. Yeah. So it's like, let me slow down, take my time. And I th- I was like, let me try a JRPG. I was like, now's the perfect time. And mm-hmm. Persona was there on Game Pass. And I was like, well, we're, we're diving into it. And this is it. And that's when the latch factor came in. It's like, now that I want to pour time into it, I can. And this time around, man, it was it's a lot like what I said about Stray. I had to be in the right headspace to play this game and i think i'm going to do that for a lot of games that i've put down and never went back to i'm hoping that now i'm in the right headspace for these and i can go back and do it um so you know here i am in the right headspace and i start delving into this world of persona a world that i didn't really connect with you know i didn't spend time with and now i'm starting to love every person that i meet like i I like fleshing out their stories like if anyone calls me up to hang out i want to go hang out with them i think i've said it on my stream but i really love the battle mechanics but i'm playing this game for the people mm. for the connection i think josh said that's exactly how you should play. yeah for sure and this it finally hit me i i was sitting in um cafe leblanc the other day uh like it was just after we took down Madurame. so i'm now to the point in the game where I, I'm I, I'm going into it without knowing what's happening. Like I've I've I beat Madarame this time, and um, I'm, I'm to the point of the game where I've never been before. So a lot of this is new to me. And now if, if I wasn't hooked before, now I'm definitely really in. It. Yep. Um. So we beat Madarame, and I'm sitting in Cafe Leblanc, and on is there and yusuke is there and ryuji's there and sojiro's there and of course morgana's there too and we're all just kind of existing like we're talking to sojiro we're having great coffee we're eating like in that moment i felt like i was at home i felt like i was amongst my Mm -hmm. friends like i felt like i was really there in this warm setting with this ambient music playing and I stopped for a second because I was like, this is the same feeling I had when I first played Stardew Valley. Like, I have not had this feeling of being hooked and addicted, and I want more, and I want to flesh it out. I'm already planning a new game plus playthrough. Like, I've not had this feeling since Stardew. And it's kind of fleshed out into the Mm -hmm. whole game. Now, of course, I'm doing the social links, and I'm hanging out with everyone as I get the chance to, especially ones that are newer, and I want to develop those relationships and not miss out on boosting the social links. 
Um, like, I'm doing that, of course, but I'm exploring every corner of these cities, the palaces, mementos. Like, I want to see and do it all, and that is something usually that I don't have in a JRPG. Mm -hmm. This is a brand new experience for me. This is the first one I can say outside of Pokemon. And Tawny <laughs> kind of cracked me up. I think it was Tawny. He said, this is Pokemon for it adults. Is. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like, that's exactly why I'm addicted to this shit. Plus the social aspect of it. And, of course, it's a game set up for me to be, you know, thriving in. Mm -hmm. um, and I really am, man. Like, I love all of these characters. I love Morgana. Like, I think you, you kind of said earlier you, that Morgana can kind of be annoying. But, like, I love my little sidekick. Yeah, I dude. do, too. Like, I... I I love that he's always with me in my backpack. Like he'll just pop his head up out of, out at random times, and I'm like, "That's my dude, man!" <laughs> like he's with me a hundred percent of the time. He watches me when I sleep. Like, he does do He's that. just always there with me, um, and he's guiding us through this, man. I I, I really am grateful that Morgana made it the six because I've just developed this love for him. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious to see where his story goes too. Like I have no idea where we'll end at, but I'm excited to see. Maybe I hope I'm excited to see. I don't hope it turns out badly, but um, yeah, man, I'm just like I love the battle mechanics. I'm using the DLC personas, so the battles are much easier than they mm -hmm. should be. But what that's allowing me to do is do what I want to do, and that's invest in the like the story and the characters. Sure. I don't like I I love getting like I. I consistently think it can't get worse. Mm. Like, I don't want to talk about Kamashita's crimes because I think that's fucked up and we don't want to bring that to the podcast, but he does some screwy yeah. shit. And then I was like, I don't, there's no, there, it can't get worse. And then Madarame, Madarame comes along and it's like, I'm not going to say it's worse, but it's just as fucking bad yep. um, in its own way. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's that. And then where I'm at now, Kanashiro comes along, and I'm like, this is worse than fucking both of them. <laughs> like, it, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah, and I'm like, it does that. These characters are getting stronger because of it, too, and the story is fleshing out. And I'm like, I am falling in love, madly in love with this game. Mm -hmm. I, When I'm at work, I'm thinking about it. When I'm in, at the gym, I'm like, I need to go home so I can play. I'm like, I'm cooking dinner, and I'm like, I need to eat this, go in there and play my shit. Yeah. Um, it's incredible, dude, and I, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, you know, put the fucking cart before the horse, but this is this is skyrocketing into a very high place, potentially, of one of my favorite games of all time. Like, I cannot stop thinking <laughs> about this game, playing this game, telling my friends about it. Like, now I'm telling people at work, you got to play this shit. And half of them are like, I already have it. <laughs> and then the other half are like, that, you know, the same thing that I would have said. You know, I'm not really into JRPGs. I'm like, no, no, no. no, no. I'm not either. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, but this one is just yeah. different. And then they've popped into the stream. And they're like, you know, this is not what I expected. Um, or, you know, they'll pull up clips and they'll come back the next day. And they're like, all right, you know, like this is it's something I can get interested in. And then the fact that it's on Game Pass, just readily available for you to download. That's also encouraging people. That's what encouraged mm -hmm. me. And it's like, I don't want it to end. I can't believe it, but I'm already gearing up to play Persona 4 after this. Mm. I'm gearing up to watch the Persona 3 anime so I don't have to play the data game and I can just watch that or the movies yeah. at least. Like, you have successfully... Ruined your life. And I think, 
You have, <laughs> I think Josh might have dubbed you this in one of the past episodes. You have made me a Persona streamer. I love that for myself. You have made That's me a Persona fan. An achievement uh, I hold very it's incredible. highly. <laughs> That's probably your biggest achievement. It might life. be like after that, it might be the birth of your kids. But I'm still, you know, right above that. Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. So you you birthed the new persona <laughs> fan. As now, well do you think? Um, do you think after diving into this and maybe even playing through four, do you think you would have any inclination to play the uh, original Shin Megami Tensei series? So it's funny you say that because about 10 minutes ago, Jeff put in uh, one of my channels. That wasn't that Jeff, was that me. was you. I did that. I did that. You put that the SMT titles. I'm not even going to correct myself for my threat <laughs> then. Yeah, I mean, I have inclination to play it. And beyond that, I forget. I think. I don't remember if it was Ruiz or someone else was talking about Strikers the other day. It was Ruiz, yeah. I know he's played their strikers and, too. Well, now I'm encouraged to play yeah. that, dude. Like, I want to play these spinoff titles, man. I would, I, I'm apprehensive about SMT Five because you didn't give me good feelings mm -hmm. about it. But I would, I would maybe try it. But beyond, I would that, honestly say I'm if you're gonna one. try any SMT, um, obviously, well, like what Before. I just posted in the Discord, there's a lot of leaks and rumors, uh, and what I, the picture I put in there looks pretty fucking legit to me. Um, they are play There's rumors that uh, four and four apocalypse, uh, which is kind of like a side story to four, are supposedly coming to all modern platforms, uh, as well as five coming to all modern platforms and three coming to the only platform it's missing on, which is Xbox. Uh, I honestly, I would say, out of all of them, start with three. I think three is and. That could change if those games do end up releasing and I get to play 4 because I've never played 4. I've only played 3 and 5, but to me, 3 feels like the best uh, jumping on point. I mean, I got a long way to go. I can say that what you have done is that when the day that Persona 6 comes out, I'm a day one buy-in. <laughs> you absolutely me did too. that. I can't wait. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I think that Atlas is just being very, very quiet because they want to uh, not do the same thing that happened with Persona 5. When they announced Persona 5, they announced it way too fucking early, and it just ended up getting delayed after delay after delay for like six straight fucking years. So I think they're just being really quiet with 6 until they're ready to just finally drop it. Well, you you've made a fan, brother. That's good. I that's as soon as I get off this show. That's same, where I'm going. actually, same. Uh, so I've also been playing Persona Five. <laughs> uh, I just finished my first Switch playthrough uh, back in October when it first launched on the Switch. Uh, I picked it up, and that was a really bad idea because we had a challenge to finish, and I was like, I can't play this right now. And so I actually ended up selling it to a buddy. I had a buddy of mine that really wanted to try it. And I was like, look, this is really going to distract me for the rest of the year. So 40 bucks, you can have my copy and we're good. Um, well, I bought it again because I definitely wanted to play through it on Switch. And I managed to, on my first playthrough, kind of speed run it a little bit. Because I was like, I just want to maximize everything so I can do a second playthrough and 100% this entire game. And then maybe not touch it again until sometime next year. So that's what I did. I finished my first playthrough. I sped through it really quick. Funny enough, even speeding through all the cutscenes and shit, 
uh, that was still like a four, a solid 45-hour game. And that's speeding through almost every single cutscene. Um, but I managed to, uh, I think I maxed out 20 of the 24 social links available uh, in the first playthrough. And then I think I got to 95% on the compendium, which carries over in New Game Plus. Uh, so I just have to finish that last 5%. And then I maxed out all of my stats, so I don't even have to worry about that at all my second playthrough. The only thing I have to worry about are actually initiating the social links. Um, so I'm super excited to play through that. Because, like, even... Uh, there's one social link in particular that I have missed every single time I've played this fucking game. It's the politician guy. And I don't know why... But for some reason, when they remade uh, Persona 5 into Royal, they made that social link only available for one single day in the game. And I'm pretty sure it's May what 12th. Day? Ah! Okay, well that's... Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but they did. And it, it fucks me up every time. Um, but hopefully I can get it this time so I can max them all out. Um... Isn't that like during your exams or some shit? Uh, it's like immediately after your first set of exams. He becomes available. God damn it. Um, I was going to say, have you have you messed around with the Thieves' Den at all? Um, I went in it's there once, cool. so I was confused, and then I left. It's pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't really open up uh, until after you've completed the game at least once, because then you start unlocking shit. It's basically just like a cool little collectible place where you could purchase things that uh, correspond to different events in the story. And you can place them around and, like, other main characters in the story, like, all your party members and fucking Soji Bro. Like, they'll all come in there and look at it and you can talk to them. And uh, there's a card game that you can play in there with all your friends. It's a lot of fun. I spent a couple hours yesterday that just cool. playing the card game. Oh, of course you did. That's fun, man. It was a good time. Also, I got yeah, to play I'm with On, Makoto, and Kasumi all at the same time. Of course I was going to do that for hours. That sounds like my kind it's of day. A, a great day. I am very excited for you to finish five, uh, so we can do an yep. episode. And I like it's going to take me a long time. It is because if you said it took you forty hours, and you're speeding through everything, I am taking the most in-depth time I can. I fully expect this to be like a sixty. My playthrough. first playthrough on PS5 was hundred and ten hours. I fully expect this to be a hundred. You should. Hour it's long. It's 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 long. Uh -oh. Uh-oh. Very long. <laughs> this is going to be a commitment for me if I can finish you it. You can do it. Holy can, shit. I believe it. Uh, thank you. And also, no other Persona game or SMT game is anywhere near that long. Uh, I think... F well, as long as it stays this fucking good, I think dude. 4 is only like 40 hours, maybe 50. And then 3 is even less than that. And then all the SMT games are really only like 20 hours. They're not anything ridiculous. Cool. Okay. Josh, we're done. Cool. All right. We're well, done gushing about JRPGs now. So you guys are are, are done gushing. I'm about to start to uh, gush in a totally different way. Uh, I'm about to gush vomit out of, out of my mouth. Time to poop. Uh, I played Atomic Heart. I got further into it than Dylan did. Um, like a lot further. Uh, and... Yeah, um, I this is I I don't think this is a good game, uh, and I, I and I kind of don't understand 
where a, a lot of the praise that I've seen come from it uh, at. Um, I know that it's kind of low budget. So some of the criticisms, like, uh, for instance, in my notes, I have uh, some music scene is seemingly ripped from a database. Uh, like the first time you do the unlock sequence, it has the same exact music as the menu music for, for Ghostbase in uh, Dead by Daylight. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, some of that can be attributed to it's a low-budget game. It's, you know, uh, a team that is probably relatively new and, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, so just in the opening sequences, right, I I was like, what what is happening? Like, they said Comrade over and over again as opposed to comrade which is i mean maybe that's actually a legitimate like that's how they say it in russia like that is totally a possibility um i've never heard that before in my life though and it was so off-putting so off-putting immediately and there are other things like in the beginning like there is a really weird distance between like what is seemingly happening and the speed at which it's happening. Like the boating sequence that you start the game off in, uh, it seems to move faster or slower in certain sequences where you're supposed to like, kind of like take notice of things or like, um, like when that little flying robot thing comes down and it's like, uh, I think scanning you or something like that. Um, like things are going relatively like fast, but your the animation for what your character is doing is going way slower. So it look like what's actually happening versus what the animations are saying is happening is completely at odds with one another. Um, you also have like an excruciatingly slow movement speed. That, like, when you are actually walking, it, it's almost like you're floating at a very fast speed. It's it's kind of like when you go into Minecraft and you go into the, um, I guess, like, spectator mode or whatever it is. Where you're, like, just like the little <laughs> orb. And, and you're just, like, gliding around and it's so fast, and you know. Um, it feels, like, it looks like that's happening but you are walking and you're doing it so slowly. Like, I don't know if there was some sort of like motion blur thing that makes it look like you're going faster, but like there's a very weird distance between what's actually happening and like the animations that are saying is happening. Um, the voice acting is weird. I, I, I don't, I don't like anything that's going on with any of the voice acting. Um, like, and, and, and I think maybe part of this is because of the writing. Like, so, um, I think Nora is the computer system that you do upgrades with. Um, and Nora is also the person that more or less sexually assaults you. Um, or, or, or I guess computer that sexually assaults you. And everything, everything that she says is... It, it sounds like it was written like 10 to 15 years ago when being edgy was fucking cool. Um, and she says it with the most like lustful and weird and gross 
ways that you could possibly say the things that she's saying. And, like, the main actor or the main character doesn't do much better in a completely different way. Like, I I, I could go on about, like, some... Like, he, he says, what a goddamn clusterfuck. And the way that he says it, I was just like... Do you... Are you emoting? Like, are, are you actually doing anything with your, like, your vocal range? Like, it doesn't, like, you sound almost, like, monotone. And uh, he says some other stuff that I, like, I, I wrote this down in my notes. You can make things easier for me by getting off my grill. And I was literally sitting there, like, when was this written? It's... I don't necessarily mind poorly written stories. We'll get to that later. Um, But, like, I don't know, man. Like, everything about this was, like, incredibly off-putting to me. And it felt like it was, like, a combination of things that just, like... Game design elements that have been used in the past or are in the zeitgeist right now. And you just threw them all together. Like, for instance, there's uh, there's a climbing section... Or, or not a climbing section, but like there's a there's a point in the game where you have to start like climbing up things, and where you go to climb is denoted by like this little yellow bar. That's in every fucking thing. Why is that the only color that can be used? Like, what is what is happening? Um, the the safe zones, which I actually, I kind of genuinely enjoyed this because it reminded me of, like, Resident Evil. But, like, the safe zones are little rooms in this, like, I don't know, like, labyrinth or whatever that you're you're kind of, like, going through. This, like, underground bunker and shit. And, like, they're just one room away from, like, an enemy. Um, and, like I said, I enjoy the kind of, like, dissonance that's happening between, like, safe rooms and, and enemies in, say, like, a Resident Evil. Like, I love going into a safe room in Resident Evil to wait out something that is, like, very scary. I did that several, several times in Resident Evil 7. Um, it, even 8, really. Uh, but, like, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't fucking work here, I don't feel like. Um... I would love to see more games do that, but it just feels like, like I said, it feels like an an element that, like, these guys had seen play out before, and they're like, oh, that's cool, let's put that in our game. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I think that it had some cool stuff visually. Like, uh, I noticed that, like, when you, when you're, um, when you were being strangled, like, um, like kind of close to dying or whatever, like your your blood vessels start in your eyes started to pop. And that's what it looked like on screen. And I was like, oh, that's a cool, like, I like that. I like that. Um, instead of just the kind of like Call of Duty, like kind of like red blinking, you know, screen or whatever. Um, but I just, I don't know. It, it just, it was not... It was absolutely nothing to write home about. I did not think that it was anything great and I I think that this is probably going to end somewhere near the bottom of our list and Game of the Year comes around. Yep, probably. So. Yep, yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. 
Dylan, tell me about dinosaurs. Father. I've <laughs> uh, been, been doing some dinosauring recently. And Path of Titans. Path of Titans was forced on me by... No, no, Sorry. it was not forced. Don't you lie. You no. did it willingly. It was, <laughs> it was pretty much forced because she wanted to co-op game to play. And her and Bryn were raving about it. About how cute it is, how good it is. And I and you know, now I can say I agree, but back then I was like, just fucking dinosaurs, I don't want to go around doing nothing. Like I, I had seen snippets of gameplay and I'm like, it's not for me. God damn it. I started playing it like three days ago and it's dinosaur MMO. It's made by Alderon Games and it is an early access. It is not a finished game whatsoever, and that's very apparent. Um, there's a few different modes you can play. You can play single player, which I don't know why anyone in their right mind ever fucking would, because it would be the most boring thing on the planet. Um, multiplayer, which is their core servers that they made. Um, that's that's how I'm, I'm assuming like half the player base plays, because that's like you can go in there, and you got different servers and 100 players per server. Um, yada yada, you just level up normally, do your quests and all that shit, but the community servers are where I think most of the player base thrives. Um, the servers are mostly all modded, which is great because it'll help you uh, mature faster, it'll help you uh, like with your marks, which is the currency faster and stuff like that. Like That's the way to play and there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, they added they add some different dinosaurs into the roster that you can pick and play as, so that's great too. Uh, so those servers are the ones to play on. So you can essentially join a server, and you can choose herbivore or carnivore. So to me, I compare this game to World of Warcraft a lot. So to me, this is the alliance versus horde side, <laughs> um, but not really because I mean the whole world is accessible to everyone. There's no factions or anything like that. You all dinosaurs can interact with each other. Uh, but I choose to play Carnivore. Like, once I went Horde in the World of Warcraft, I never went back. Um, so I went Carnivore, and I started with, uh, like, it was, just imagine a fucking giant uh, monitor lizard. Or a Komodo dragon, rather. Um, imagine, like, a really big one of those. And you start off as this little baby. Like, once you pick the, the main breed that you want to play as, you start out as a little tiny baby. And by completing quests and investing into the world, that's how you gain experience. And then the experience turns into growth points, and you grow through these different phases of your juvenile, and then an adolescent, and like a sub-adult. Um, I'm missing some in there, but it, there's essentially five stages of growth you go through. And if you die, you get sent back. You regress a little bit. Not back to square one, but far enough to be fucking inconvenient. I'll say that. So you really want to not die. You need to weigh your options carefully when it comes to interacting with other players in the world. I have learned that I'm a very untrusting person. Um, but the game is very basic. I will say that. There is not a lot of substance to the game outside of <clears throat> your own creativity and imagination. The quests are very basic. Like, very World of Warcraft basic. Like, the quest that Josh hates. Go here, collect 15 of these. You know, go here, bring five flowers. It's very basic. Um, and those are really what exists in the game. Outside of, like, hunting for your prey 
to stay alive because you do have to monitor your health and water intake. You can't drink salt water, so you have to find fresh water. Like there's there's survival aspects to it as well. But the quest-based system is really basic. But that's what you have to do to get marks and marks or currencies to buy abilities or skins. Um, so I say that it's really basic. And it is. I, I'm not making... I can't make excuses for it. Like there's not a lot there. But for a game where I say there's not a lot there, <clears throat> I streamed Path of Titans today for three hours. And those three hours felt like just a few moments the game is a lot of fun because the only t way you can fast travel is if there is a, a person in your group who's next to a waystone and there's not many waystones in that fucking world that map is goddamn colossal and unless you're one of the flying dinosaurs which there's only one of you're not going anywhere anytime soon there are many dinosaurs that have high land speed, but even then, it takes a long time to get from point A to point B, and the map is huge. I've committed myself to one part of the map, which today I learned is the most active, like, hotspot part of the map called uh, Impact Crater, and I'm just trying to learn everything around there. I'm doing my quests around there to level up my dinosaurs and stuff. I have a few different ones on a few different servers, um, and... Like I said, the game is very basic, but it starts to shine when you start to interact with other players, with other dinosaurs. Uh, I said I like to stay at Impact Crater. That's like the hot spot for all player activity, the most booming part of the map. Battles happen there. You're just hanging out with people. It's whatever. Imagine it as a hub on this giant map. And... Up until, like, there's different rules for different servers, but, like, I was the kind of player. So, for instance, what happened today, there was this giant Argentinosaurus. So, imagine a Brontosaurus times six. Like, it's fucking huge. Um, and there was a lot of carnivores around it. And the carnivores started attacking it. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be the knight in shining armor. I go around as a little raptor, and I'm fast. I can get in and out, and I can, you know, I can hit the carnivores, and I can get out. And I was trying to protect the Argentinosaurus from these people and for a while there argentino seemed grateful i thought um and like I, I said i was apparently i'm an annoying player because i'm what's known as an ankle biter <laughs> like i'm small and i just come up and i'll, I'll nip you and then i'm out and ap apparently people think that's kind of a nuisance way to play that's unfortunate because that's what i do i i think it's fucking hilarious um but I was protecting this giant monstrosity of a creature. And then at some point, we're all surrounded, or we're all gathered by the little watering hole down there at the center of the crater. Um, Argentino is running from all the carnivores. And so he's now in the middle of the water where if the carnivores go in, they probably go and die. Um, I'm just sitting there at the edge of the bank, like watching everything, making sure homeboy's eye. To give you perspective, this motherfucker is standing in the standing in the middle of the water that I can swim in, and his tail is reaching the bank. You don't just bite in this game. You don't just stomp. You can use your tail. And I was standing there watching, like I'm the fucking three foot tall bodyguard, right? Like if a T Rex comes up, I'm I'm rolling up. I got you. I'm just standing there thinking that me and this motherfucker are vibing. Within, I blinked. 
on stream, and this motherfucker swatted me with its tail into oblivion. I died in one shot. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I thought we were homies. I thought we were, you know, ride or die. No, I'm just die. <laughs> I'm dead. He murdered me. And I, it's stuff like that that makes the game fun. After that, I had someone come into my stream who actually is uh, an admin and an owner of a server. And they're like, hey, if you want to come play on this one, we're trying to get it bumping. And I was like, absolutely. Like, let me come in and do that. So I go in on this server and I'm playing around. Um, no, this was before that. I, I was in another server where there were these two water-based dinosaurs in the middle of the crater again. And there was a T-Rex. And the T-Rex was harassing the ones in the water. But I'm just sitting there, and I, I found it's the way that I love to play. I would zip in as fast as possible, bite the ankles, and get out. The T-Rex doesn't have enough time to react. And I get, like, there's a chat you can type in, whether it's on console or PC. And I got called an ankle biter, like, by this one. And I was like, that's a fucking term. Like, people are just out here slinging insults like that. And then the one in the middle of the water who I was not, I had no beef with. I just I was just nipping the T-Rex. They come in chat and they're like, "This is my fight, ankle biter. Let me take on the T Rex." I'm like, "What the shit? I'm just, I'm just being a dinosaur, man. I don't know what to do." Like, I went back to collecting my rocks. Collect after your that. rocks, but it's uh, it, yeah, I called it there. You can collect rocks, flowers, mushrooms, branches, ant piles, whatever the fuck. I don't know, but it's a basic game with a lot of fun at its core and a really bright future if the devs continue to invest in it the way that the community is investing in it currently they have a list of dinosaurs planned to come out the community servers are thriving with different mods and additions that are a lot of fun to go in and embrace the game has an early access on xbox that you can play for free for two hours um, anything that you do in that time you can keep and transfer over to the to the core game the game is cross play and cross progression between every single system available um, and it's thirty dollars for the standard game and if you want to go further and support the game more you can spend 50 I think or 60 um, and I paid for it twice I'm not gonna lie like I paid thirty dollars actually Sabrina bought it for me on the PC so I could stream it today that was a very generous gift uh from her so i bought it on the xbox so i could play with her and then she bought it for me on here so i could stream it for everyone so uh, it turned out to be the best stream that i've had since i've come back i don't know how i looked at path of titans when i started streaming the day and it had 160 total viewers um by the end of the day i had right at 10 viewers um in my stream just watching and having fun and I think that's really cool that the community wants to support one another like that and after my stream I raided into another Path of Titan stream and it was it was a good time the community is a lot of fun and I think that's where the game shines and I recommend it it's if you don't mind trying the early access beta or whatever it's called on Xbox or wherever else you might be able to give it a shot see if you like it it's it's pretty cool oh yeah okay oh yeah I probably won't but yeah I know I you uh, you're fucking little dylan came in the stream today and he was like you should get josh and austin to buy it and play it and i'm like well austin already has it but this is the last thing that bebop wants to do because he hates fetch quests more than anything in this whole entire world um in video games and i was like he is absolutely yeah, not 100 percent. like it is one of the no. if like if there's a game that is not on my radar to play this year it is that game 
<laughs> yep, there is nothing I can see for you in this to be. Uh, and and just to be clear, that doesn't mean it is not something that I would necessarily shy away from. But it is definitely something that, like, there are so many other things that I am like way yep. more into that this just does not even remotely yep. come close to scratching the sur like right the surface for me. Like, if you had a radar in front of you, yes, this is on correct. the table in the next room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but even more so importantly than that, you've been playing something that you also came back to after taking yep. a little bit of time yep. away. Great transition there. Uh, so, I've been playing, well, I, I say I've been playing. I have beaten Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Um, and... Uh, Similar to, I think, how I treated Bloodborne this year, uh, which, by the way, uh, I'm just letting you guys know right now, Bloodborne is our shoe-in for old best old game. That, oh, god damn. Don't, don't even get me started. It, it, okay. It's, it's winning best old game. <laughs> um, so, right. with that said, uh, I went into Bloodborne this year remembering loving what I had played, but knowing that like I had so much more to do because I had not finished it. Right. And so Elden ring gave me the sort of, um, dare I say strength to, to be like, I am 100% going to be able to, go back to Bloodborne and play this because I'm not a little bitch. I can do it. I know that I can do it because I beat Elden Ring. Okay. So I started playing Wolong uh, back in the beginning of March, I think. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it came out in February. And um, I didn't play it at launch, but it was something that was definitely on my radar because you know i'm not a fan of neo but i am a i i have come to grow my appreciation for the soul series by by quite a bit and um uh so yeah i went into this saying i'm just going to give it a shot and if it's not for me it's not for me and i'm you know whatever well, I went in and I was like, oh, God, this is this is exact opposite of what I want. Like, I don't want to play this shit right now. This is f annoying and, like, it's it's taking too long to do things that I want to do and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I just, it, I, it was for certain going to be one of those games that, like, I, I knew was, like, a game that people were going to love and they were going to talk about it at like the end of the year and you know, blah, 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 blah. But it just wasn't going to be for me because I, I didn't have the time to commit to this sort of thing. I didn't have time to like learn it and blah, 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 blah. And so I came back to it, um, just about, I think a week ago or something like that. And, uh, it is currently sitting at my number two game of the year. To, to be fair, I've only technically played two games uh, from this year. So it's not exactly a hard, like a, a, a 
a hard bar to clear, but you know, whatever. Um, okay, so where do I begin? Um, so the thing that I think I really disliked about Neo and the reason that like I have yet to give Sekiro a try and I'm still not 100% sure that I, I will end up giving Sekiro a try is that it really is a matter of like kind of like get good. You have to like sit there and like learn the parry timings and and like all of this other stuff and I I don't have the patience for that. I just I I, I don't. Um and this game is kind of like that. I it's it's mostly like that. Um you really do need to sit down and learn like what you're supposed to do in specific situations for like different enemies like over and over again. Like it is not a a, a game that like you're just gonna like go through and I think be able to get by button mashing and stuff like that. Like you can in a lot of like action games, specifically like character action games. Um, maybe not the action RPGs, but like definitely, you know, Devil May Cry, stuff like that. I think you can get by with button mashing, but like this, it's not going to fly. Um, so with that said, um, when I came into this, I was expecting it to be a lot more brutal and it's really not. And, and part of the thing is like, you have to learn the, the, the parries or the deflects, um, I think is what it's called in this game. Uh, it's not, tr uh, it's not a true parry, but it's, it's, it, it's basically that. Um, and, uh, so you have to, you have to learn the timings on like attacks and, and know when to use certain like abilities or, or what have you. And, um, this is, I think, incredibly generous with the with the timing that it gives you for the deflect and the parry windows and stuff like i i, I think that like if you aren't a souls veteran or aren't like a fan of neo or whatever because of of the the difficulty uh that is kind of like in place um i think you can come into this game and still have a fun time with it i don't think that it is so hard that you'll never be able to beat it type thing. I, I think that like saying it like that, it would be very much doing a lot of your, like, I think that, how do I want to put this? I think there are a lot of people who lack the, the skills to play these games. Um, I don't think that anybody could necessarily lack the skills to play this, uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, and, and one is, is the very, like I said, j just very generous, uh, parry timing. There is like really, really long wind up attacks. There are attacks that are coded with red saying that like, you can't block this. So you're going to need to parry it. Um, and like they're coded so well in advance with like the red that like you, legitimately speaking you shouldn't have to do much in order to kind of like deflect it like it should just be a matter of like i need to deflect this right now as opposed to two seconds from now um just learning the timing so 
on top of that, you have the ability to go through missions with reinforcements. And the reinforcements uh, add an extra layer of like helping you along. I will say that sometimes the reinforcement AI is just kind of dog shit, to be honest with you. Like, I ran into several instances where I was, like, playing the game, and I was sitting there with an enemy, and it was attacking me, but wasn't attacking my teammates or, you know, reinforcements or whatever, but they still weren't doing anything. Like, they were just standing there, and I was like, um, you do see that this thing is attacking me, right? Like, your job is to is to help me and whatnot, so why are you not fucking helping me? Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it, it, it sometimes definitely gets into the territory where it's like the AI is not as good as it should be and whatever. Um, but there's enough here similar to how I felt about Elden Ring where, uh, Elden Ring gives you all the tools that you could possibly need to make the game easier without making the game easier. Um, um, where do I want to go next? Okay. So one of the things that I, I think that, um, you know, the, the Soul series 100% for sure gets right uh, compared to a lot of the games that are trying to, like, be the Souls games uh, is I think that their their level design and encounter design is, like, so much... It's so well thought out, I think, in advance that it, like... Everything seems intentional. And I think that, like, sometimes when games are trying to uh, draw similar parallels, they can they not do this. I think that Neo does it, or not Neo, um, I think that Wolong does it fairly well. There's a, a very natural progression to the way that the levels work with not only, like, their layout, but, like, with regards to this system that's implemented called the, um, uh, fuck, what is it called? Um, hang on, let me look this up because it is important. Um, the Mar, no, that's not it. Um, the morale. Okay. The morale system. And basically the way it works is at the beginning of most levels, you start at zero morale and you can work your way up to 25 morale. The most that you're going to have a uh, boss fight sit at is at uh, 20. So there is a way to kind of like game the system, so to speak, where you can go in not only over leveled through your actual level, but you can go in over leveled through your morale rank. And when you do that, um, it, like, when you get at a certain morale, you're, you're, like, how do I want to put this? Like, your, um, your attacks are the full strength that they're, that they're going to have, if that makes sense. Um, 
as opposed to kind of like a lessened version. And when you go up against an enemy that is like a higher morale rank than you, you're going to have a hard time going up against it because it's going to hit harder and it's not going to take as much damage, right? Um, but you can kind of game the system where, like, and, and the levels follow that morale rank kind of, uh, like, throughout where like you start with like enemies that will be the same level as you and then progressively the further that you go in the in the um the level the more obviously that they're going to um uh kind of like i don't know rank up i guess it, i don't know if that's the correct word or like what i'm trying to say but point being that like there's a natural progression there and you you can do stuff to where like you can raise your morale you know, and kind of over your level yourself to an extent, but, um, it's not like a necessity. Um, but with, with regards to the way that the levels are designed, I think that like, there's a nice also kind of like, um, differentness. Uh, what word am I looking for? I really don't know what word I'm looking for, but there's, there's a, like the levels are for the most part, very distinct from one another and give you like a lot of, um, kind of like, they give you a lot of areas to explore. They give you like enough side paths and like little like offshoots to like also kind of trick you in the way that souls do sometime where like you will like go into an area thinking, Oh, well, there's been something in every corner to the left. So I'm going to try this corner and no, there's nothing there. Um, and, uh, I feel like this game does a a very similar thing. Like a lot of the time where there's enough intriguing stuff that you'll go down paths that have nothing. And you're like, Oh, I wish that there was something here. Um, there's also with regards to this, a, a really nice, I think, bookend with how um, the levels are kind of like they they go through the story and it begins where it ends and ends where it begins type thing. Uh, and I just thought that that was neat. Um, really, my big marks against this game so far, well, not so far. I mean, I, I, I beat it. I think I'm going to try to 100% it. Um, I'm playing it on Xbox because it's on Game Pass, so. Um, but, um, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, the, the negatives. Where I think that it really kind of does get some stuff wrong, though, is I started playing it on X, or on, on PC. And it was fine for a while. Like, I, I remember we were talking, I was talking with, uh, peripherals in the, in the discord about it. And, um, initially I didn't really have a problem. There wasn't like a lot that like I was noticing that was like, uh, bad per se. I like, I occasionally had some hiccups, uh, like visually, like it would kind of like chug the, the frame rate would get really fucking bad. Um, but like for the most part, it was fine. Like I wasn't having huge, huge issues with it. And then I got to about the, I'd say maybe halfway point, maybe the 60% point. And then it got to a point where like levels were just frankly unfucking playable. 
And if you are going to play this game at all, do not fucking play it on PC at all. It is awful. Like, truly, truly awful. Um, and that really fucking put a, a damper on, on my feelings on it for a, a, a pretty hot minute. Because up until that point, I had been like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm digging the shit out of this. And then it just, I got to where there was a, a fucking fight. It wasn't even a boss fight. It was just a a regular, like, encounter. And I was fucking livid. Like, livid. Because not only were things, like, just not going my way, but, like, they weren't going in my way because of how the performance was. It was just atrocious. Um... It is so much better on Xbox. Like, it is it's so much better on Xbox. If you play, you need to play console. Um, that said, uh, the other thing is I don't think that the, the, the story is really... I, I mean, you don't really play these games necessarily for the story. But, like, this is definitely a, a, something that, like, I, I kind of feel like... You, you could play this game and not know a single thing that's happening with it like just straight up i i i think that i like i watched i well i didn't watch but i i had all of the cutscenes play i think you could skip every single cutscene in this game and and still enjoy it uh it's it's based on the romance of the three kingdoms um but it just kind of injects this like sort of like spiritual like Asian fantasy stuff uh, in there. And sometimes it works, um, like, specifically with regards to how how the bosses are. One thing that I don't like about the Dark Souls games with regards to enemy design and stuff is that, like, you have these gigantic towering enemies that were, like, they're just humans. And I'm like, but how did they get that big? Or, like, they'll become monsters. It's like, but, but how did they had they become monsters like how did this happen um i'm sure that there's like lore stuff that'll tell me that i'm wrong and i'm fucking stupid for not understanding it but like whenever i play the souls games that's what it feels like here it makes a little bit more sense because you're talking about like um like i I hate to say it but kind of like asian spirituality and and asian fantasy and it just works for you know whatever reason um but I don't know. It the story is just it's nothing to write home about, and it, it's unfortunate because the game play around it is really fucking good. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that this will make it into my top ten by the end of the year. Um, but I, I I really like it. I, I I fucking really dig this game. Um, I would like everyone to play it if they can but like um if you guys ever get the time i'd love for you guys to play it because i'd love to discuss it with uh game of the year stuff so i don't know hell yeah dude i'm gonna sit down and try it soon i think that you would like it more than dylan weirdly enough i probably would visually it looks like something i would really get into yeah 
So we'll see. I have like I've had it downloaded for like fucking at least a month now. <laughs> if it's been up. Uh long. yeah, I can't remember if it came out in late February or early March, but so uh, yeah. We're going to have a real problem when the fucking best old game comes around is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Bloodborne's going to win. <laughs> Blood, Bloodborne's going to win. <laughs> all right. You can have Bloodborne. Uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Hang on. Wait. What, what won last year? What did we give it to? We're already two months it removed and we can't fucking stupid. remember. No, it definitely oh, was it was, it was um, it was Elden Ring. Okay, we 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 all fucking oh, <laughs> we all agree. Oh my god! I played god. Elden Ring today. And I still didn't remember that. Uh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay, Elden Ring. Uh, which I think was technically was my game of the year, and both of you guys had it at two. So I guess I won, and then what won the year before that? It wasn't Ratchet and Clank. Oh yeah, it was Forza because we made uh, a Forza. we made a deal. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. And then the year before that deal. was Hades. Um, and we're and we're just yeah, moving we're on from that. We're not that saying one. anything else. Hades two. Hey, Hades two has a chance. Uh, yep. I forgot that was a thing. Uh, what this year at some point. Uh, but I don't think in one point oh states. So yeah. I'm I think it is disqualified from game of the year. Unless it does. Uh, anyway, what, what what were we saying? Oh, what? Oh, Persona Five. Okay, okay. Picks of the week. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. Picks of the it's week. It's our Let's POW time. Uh, my pick of the week is for a video from Lady Christmas Emily. Board. It is called "Plastic Beach: The Masterpiece That Almost Ended Gorillas." Uh, this fucking video rules it kind of goes over the entire history of um plastic beach from it's like kind of like inception all the way to um like basically what happened after release and, and again why it kind of almost killed the gorillas um it is an excellent fucking video about an excellent fucking ad- album and it's just it was right up my alley so uh kudos to lady emily for making such a fucking great video Hell yeah, dude. Uh, my pick of the week this week is from a YouTube channel called Good Vibes Gaming, and it is a complete history of the Shin Megami Tensei uh, franchise. I did not know that there are over 50 games that canonically fall into this franchise. That's fucking crazy. This video is a little over two hours long, and I listened to it while I was at work the other day, and it was real good time i learned a lot of things that i didn't know like how persona 3 single-handedly saved atlas from not going bankrupt yep very interesting also shit. arguably the best persona i said i said arguably very arguably very arguably it definitely has the coolest persona or like persona transformations i just i love the fucking the it does. finger guns to the head that's fucking awesome <laughs> this shit is very cool. All right, Dylan. What you got? Hit us with it. Uh, it's a song that's been making its way around for a while now, but it's just super good, super... Um, not positive, but I guess it's just more of a happy vibe to it. 
It's called Dancing. It's by Aaron Smith and Lovely originally, but it, this one in particular is the Chrono Remix. Chrono is a French electronic uh, group, and they're pretty great, and this song is okay. lovely. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob Hunting Pixels and the Culture Bob Family of Content. I am available on. Oh, wait. Hang on. I usually start with Culture Bob. Okay. Um, Culture Bop, that's us, is available on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on the YouTubes at uh, culture bop. YouTube.com slash C slash culture bop. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the bebopman182, on Instagram at bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore bebopman, where uh, I will be streaming some more. Um, probably I would say Dead by Daylight soon uh, I've been doing that have a little like fun hopefully uh, I will complete challenge uh, thing going on there um, so yeah uh, go check me out over there uh, Dylan speaking of streams uh, he is on Twitter at TV, and then on Instagram and Twitch and YouTube all at OMDizzy. Um Speaking of your your Twitch, uh, one thing I was going to say uh, earlier is um, uh, with regards to your dinosaur game. Um, small communities on Twitch fucking rule. Like, small game communities. Like, people yeah. get in there and they love their games and they talk with, like, the creators and are, like, really fucking, like, just, I don't know, very, very cool. That's what happened with Spyro. It's like small communities, like speedrunners were coming out, even though I wasn't speedrunning, you know, just traditional Spyro fans and stuff. Like, they were, I like, I love the small communities, even the Souls shit. Oh, yeah. Like, you see Dino streams. Like, it's the same people every day. Like, even though he has 900 viewers, like, it's fucking, yep. Souls community is pretty small when you think about it. Uh, yeah. Um, and then finally we have Austin. He's on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at Big Papa Plays. And lastly, oh fuck, I never, I never changed the. Um, mm. uh, never mind. Uh, we'll talk about it off stream. Uh, we're not streaming. We're recording. <laughs> um, anyway, if you if you like us and you will give us money because you you think we're kind of cool and we we provide a service for you with. Uh, with quality entertainment, um, then uh, consider giving us some money. Um, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash culture pop and, uh, you know, toss us a pledge. We got some uh, perks that uh, are very cool and uh, we'd love to have you. It's a great little community over there. Speaking of which. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's it. That's the end of the show, right? Unless you guys have something else. I think so. No. All right. I think that's it. Well, until next time. Goodbye.